the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM, The Answer. Okay, everybody, 9 o'clock hour. Come on in, 866-660-5759. As I get ready to tackle a bunch of remaining topics with you, let me tell you a room you can walk into late this month and hear me tackling a bunch of topics with a very good friend of mine who you may well know, Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Yeah, buddy, it's Cigar Night with Dr. Gorka, me, and I hope you. It's at Cigars International, and that is up at uh, I-35 and uh, Cabela. It was where Cabela's is, right at uh, 35 and 170. Cabela Drive is the address, and it's Cigars International. We're going to have a wonderful, intimate evening, small room, just uh, all of us just hanging out. It's going to be fantastic. And Dr. Gorka is going to roll in February 27th, so put that on the calendar. And even more uh, urgently, go to 660amtheanswer.com and get you a seat and bring somebody. It's a very special, special night. We're going to have all kinds of wonderful things for you. Uh, right there in uh, in your special seat there at Cigars International. So make that a part of your uh, your February. Uh, early voting will have been underway for a week in the Texas primary. Just another week will remain before we all uh, go to the polls and find out how, how our Texas races are going to go. By then, Who knows what will be going on? And will Biden even be president by then? Uh, further evidence, it will be three days after South Carolina, after uh, after the stomping that Donald Trump is going to deliver to Nikki Haley in her home state on the 24th. On the 27th, Dr. Gorka. And me. And you. It's just not going to be the same without you. So go ahead and uh, get yourself a seat there at 660amtheanswer.com. Look at uh, Sebs and my happy faces smiling at you saying, hey, we're going to have some fun here. You need to be a part of it. So Cigar Night with Dr. Gorka and me and you, and that will be at Cigars International on February 27th. Catch tickets now at 660amtheanswer.com. All right. What do you want to do first? I've I've got more on the continuing just the Biden, uh, you know, presidency death watch. And I don't mean of him biologically. I just mean the it should be called the reelection campaign death watch because that effort clearly is flatlining. A couple of things. Uh, elsewise in the news that I'm looking to get to this hour. Uh, City of Fort Worth is opening up a little on what its chase policy is. And it's been, speaking of chase, it's been kind of a cat and mouse game with the media because there's been a lot of attention to, let's say you got a big city, got a big city police force. Quick, what is your policy on police chases? Is it we will chase all bad guys at 100 miles an hour? Okay, I like it when bad guys are caught. But sometimes there are horrible wrecks in these police chases. So, okay, maybe it's uh, we don't chase anybody because people could get hurt. Well, that's not good. Don't want to send that message to criminals. 
Maybe it's uh, if it's definitely dangerous, uh, escapee, murderer, rapist combination. We'll chase that person at 120 miles an hour, but uh, shoplifters, not so much. I get that's probably sensible, but do you telegraph that to the public? Interestingly, the Fort Worth police don't really want us to know what their chase policy is. I kind of get it. Uh, Others don't. So anyway, there's new developments on that. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Let's do this first. Um, We had the shooter at Joel Osteen's megachurch on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Lakewood is uh, under the purview of the Houston PD, and they held a press conference yesterday afternoon. They provided some details about the shooting. The shooter, and I'm, I'm especially when they're like mass killers, I decidedly avoid names. Um, I'm going to do it here because nobody died except the shooter, except him, her, and therein lies our story. Genesee Moreno was 36. Was this person a man or a woman? There's been a heavy plot line, and things like this make me a little crazy. It's like, you know, does Brent Hagenboog live in the district or not? Either does or he doesn't. Can we settle this, please, so we can get on with our lives? Was this a transsexual person or not? Now, why does this matter? It it doesn't, at its core, to the crime that was committed, doesn't become a different crime, uh, and by the way, this person is also dead, so it's not like there's any further uh, um, you know, wheels of justice to be turned for this person. The narrative of whether this was a trans shooter is going to take on a certain type of life through uh, the competing political lenses. Here's what I mean. If we have another, yes, Another example of a trans person shooting up a place, this will be buried by the left-leaving media. Can't ha- can't have negative actions uh, to um, damage the sterling reputation of the trans community. For some uh, conservatives seeking to stigmatize the whole trans thing as much as we can, it's like it's not like we celebrate a, a shooting. Thank God nobody died except for the shooter. Uh, and, and it brought a kid and who took like a bullet in the head and did not die. Every prayer for the child. That that, that child probably deserved prayers the day before the shooting because God only knows what was going on. There's there, there might have been an ex spouse who was Jewish. There's heavy pal- there's a big Palestine sticker on the gun, and none of this means. Here, here's what I meant when I said I'm going to triangulate in the following way. If this uh, Genesee Moreno. Is a is a man uh, posing as a woman? Um, does this mean is this further is this evidence of, like the trans people are going to kill you? That that uh, look out for the trans community. They are going to be mass shooters. No, no. However, if you have someone who is shaky on what sex they are, if you have a man who actually believes he is a woman or a woman who actually believes she is a man, that is a deep-rooted mental imbalance and pathology 
that could be emblematic of other mental failings. So it's, it, it is so central, and there's an enormous amount of self-loathing. You hate yourself. You hate God for making you the wrong thing because that's what you think happened. And it, it, that's a heavy lift, man. That is a heavy lift, which is why I pray for these folks every day. I pray for gender normalcy for them, for everybody in that community to reacquaint and to accept. And this might take a ton of counseling for some. and that, That's fine. To, to recognize and appreciate and be what you are. So anyway, the, uh, Peyton Yeager, Channel Four, had a piece on the on the shooting last night, and th- and the subject right, and it's it's like the I don't want to say the Houston police don't want to talk about it, like keep us out of this, but I I I don't know if they know no like like this would seem like it wouldn't be real hard to find out, but anyway, Peyton Yeager last night, Channel Four. Monday, Houston police identified 36-year-old Genesee Moreno as the suspect who opened fire inside Joel Olstein's Lakewood Church, causing panic just before a Sunday service was set to take place. <laughs> Investigators outlined the brief but terrifying 12-minute timeline, starting with the moment Moreno pulled up to the church with her 7-year-old son, just before 2 p.m. Police say Moreno was wearing a trench coat and took her son and a bag out of the back seat. Now, we are getting the her pronoun from Peyton. I'm not going to fault her for that because if it's being offered up at the moment as a female, I mean, that's what the police have to go with. And, you know, okay, that's 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 the default setting at the moment. Uh, if we find out there's a trans person, uh, that pronoun must change. And the problem is it won't. Because, unfortunately, today's media, local and national, are in on the scam. They do not have the guts to stand up for the language or for science. Houston police say Moreno pointed a gun at an unarmed security guard, forced her way inside with her child, and immediately began firing using an AR-15. A Houston police officer and a TABC agent who were working off-duty and working security at the megachurch are being hailed as heroes immediately running to danger and returning fire. Moreno was shot and killed. Police say Moreno's son was shot in the head in the crossfire. The seven-year-old remains in critical condition on Monday. At this time, police do not know who shot the boy or whether Moreno tried to use the boy as a shield. Then let's be out front with it. Uh, was it the- This is a Houston Police Chief Troy Finner. Police officers who shot or was it hurt? We don't know. And I think the worst thing that we can do is speculate on something as is important to that. Once we get the, uh, uh, um, the evidence in and uh, re- ballistics and, and all that, I, I think we'll, we'll know that. A 57-year-old man who was shot in the leg was released from the hospital. The FBI says the motive is still unknown, but believes Moreno acted alone. Now, I will tell you that uh, if there's any... Uh, societal institution that uh, some of the trans folks are going to find fault with, and this certainly was the case in the Nashville shooter, it's churches. It's God, because in those buildings, they talk about God. And when God talks about gender, it's I made you male and female. So I can certainly see trans folks having a bit of a a frosty feeling toward religion at times. And again, does that mean that all of them are going to shoot up the next church? No. 
but it's just one of those really uncomfortable, burdensome conflicts that they got to walk through life with because they are thwarting God himself with their delusion that they are something that they are not. Police found a 22 caliber rifle in the bag Moreno was carrying. At Monday's press conference, the commander of Houston's Homicide Division did point out a sticker on the AR-15 Moreno used. There was a sticker on the buttstock of the rifle that stated Palestine. Okay, what to make of that? Uh, similar logic. Uh, does this mean that backers of the Palestinian side of the uh, Israel-Hamas war are going to be the next mass shooters? No. However, there is an element of this, uh, unfortunately, uh, that the, the, the within, that at, at the fringe of, of support for the Palestinian side, is actual support for Hamas. A- the actual sentiment that, you know, that whole October 7th massacre of Jews, that was pretty okay. There are people who feel that way, more than you might want to know. A sticker simply stated Palestine. Police say Moreno had used several different male and female names, mm-hmm. but is listed on her ID as a female following an overnight. Oh boy, and what kind of IDs are doing that? You know, we have we have like the notion that American passports are going to let you make up a gender for yourself. No, 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 no. Look, you can live your life however you want. I don't care. But don't tell me that I have to accept that you're a woman if you're not, or a man if you're not. And don't tell my government that they have to identify you as something you're not. You be you, but leave the rest of us alone. Raid at a Conroe home. Investigators revealed they found anti-Semitic writings belonging to Moreno and described a dispute between Moreno and her ex-husband's Jewish family. I just want us to simply wait on the facts. Uh, You got mental illness here. Um, you got a lot of things going on. Houston police confirm Moreno's history of mental illness, included being placed under emergency detention in 2016. Plus, Moreno had a long criminal record for assault, forgery, drugs, and weapons violations. All right, so that's just a big old mess, and we'll see what we uh, what we learn as the days pass. 923, Mark Davis, 660 AM. I back from the hill country we're just doing a little uh little 80s and 90s country shuffle got some terry clark better things to do i got better things to do loved her she did a real nice cover of uh, of poor poor pitiful me to linda ronstadt classic written by warren zavon two things about terry clark number one that's a tall drink of water she about six feet tall 511, I guess. And the other thing, not an American. She's <laughs> going to a, a Canada product. We'll take her. All right. Uh, I can't think of any better thing to do right now than, um, than, than share this little glorious montage. You, you see with your own eyes and your own, you can detect with your own brainstem what is going on with the president of the United States. Real people are being forced to go on TV to tell you things like this. President Biden, who I've been around uh, numerous times just in this last year, is sharp, he's focused, he's bright. This is Robert Garcia on the Homeland Security Committee. And here's here's a guy with some issues beyond this. Uh, Secretary for the moment, Alejandro Mayorkas. Sharp 
intensely probing and detail-oriented and focused. This is a man who is sharp, who is on top of his game, who knows what's going on. He's smart. He's on his game. I was in almost every meeting with the president, and the president was in front of and on top of it all, coordinating and directing leaders who are in charge of America's national security, not to mention our allies around the globe. Oh, man, the Pinocchio noses growing off of those folks. Hey, do what you got to do, I guess. All right, here's what I got to do. Get in news on time. Then we'll come back take a look at other things going on in the news, other topics uh, front and uh, center. 866-660-5759 for your contributions via calling us or texting us. You can do either one. We appreciate it. 930. Mark Davis. Here's Nikki Whaley in the newsroom. All right. Home stretch half hour. What will we make of it? 866-660-5759. Now let's make the following. Having having just shared with you the ridiculous litany of people saying, "Oh, he's fine. Oh, yeah, he is sharp. He is focused." You know, sure, he doesn't know who's in the room in, uh, with him or like what day it is or who's alive or who's dead among the people or when he was vice president. But oh, other than that, he is on it. <sighs> so since we all know that's just a lie, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri had an observation. First of all, as I mentioned a little bit ago, uh, in fact, I'll probably explore this a little bit as, as well. Um there are members of the House who want the transcript of the interviews in the Her report. The special counsel's office spent five hours in President Biden's company, and it is from those conversations that they discerned that he did not have enough of his marbles to be prosecuted. My, my, what would, what, what would it like to be, what would it be like to hear the tape of that? What would it be like to read the transcript of that? Should those transcripts be released. Hmm. Uh, as for Senator Hawley, he says that um, Attorney General Merrick Garland has a choice. Uh, either charge the president with the mishandling of documents of which he is there enormous evidence of guilt or be a part of the 25th Amendment uh, process because it, they, they, they can't have it both ways. If the president is cognitively functional, then he should be charged. If he's not, then he shouldn't be president. So take your pick. Well, the choice is this. It can't possibly be that Joe Biden at one and the same time is not capable of standing trial and Sean can still be president of the United States. It's one or the other. And what the special counsel said is he willfully retained classified documents. He willfully disclosed them. That's a crime. But the special counsel said, oh, but I can't charge him because, you know, he can't stand trial. Well, all right, then he shouldn't be president. So Garland needs to either charge Biden, prosecute him, or go to the cabinet under the 25th Amendment and say, guys, he can't be president. We need to remove him. That- so, and again, probably just takes a few seconds to do it every time. How would that work? Step one, vice president has to be the vice president and a majority of the cabinet. 
write a letter to House Speaker Mike Johnson and the President pro tem of the Senate, Washington Democrat Patty Murray, saying, we believe Joe Biden is incapable of dispatching the office. They can phrase it however they want, but basically, we're going to 25th Amendment this guy. He cannot function as president. Got to go. At the moment that letter is delivered, Kamala Harris becomes acting president. But only perhaps for a moment, because then the Biden end of the ping pong match He would then get to write a letter back to those same people, Patty Murray and Mike Johnson, saying, man, come on, I'm fine. Come on. It's just a thing. You know, hey. At which point he'd be instantly reinstated as president. Okay, well, then what kind of of standoff is that? Well, the next phase in the ping pong match would be uh, the vice president and the majority of the cabinet saying, "Uh, we'd like to reassert his infirmity. And essentially double down and say, no, he can't, uh, he can't, he can't do this. At which point, it goes to the Congress. So step one is the assertion is made that the guy can't do the job. Vice president then becomes acting president. Step two would be the president saying, yes, I can't, at which point he's reinstated. Step three is the people who wrote the original letter saying he can't do the job, doubled down on that and said, dude, he can't do the job. Look, come on, please. They would probably phrase it somewhere with somewhat greater dignity, uh, at which point it goes to the Congress. Two-thirds of the House, two-thirds of the Senate. And the weird X factor there is there would be Democrats who would absolutely vote to remove Biden. Please give us somebody else, they might say. And there might well be Republicans voting to keep him to save his hide because that is the hide that they want on the ballot on November 5th. So, But again, as I said earlier today, I I don't for a minute think we're going to get to that vote. Because if we do end up with Joe Biden either resigning, boy, that's a high bar, or announcing he will not be running for re-election, it may be because some folks got to him and said, Joe, we have, we have, we may not have the votes in the Congress to do it, but we have the vice president and a sufficient number of cabinet members to at least start the ball rolling. And, you know, you don't want that to occupy the news for, you know, through the spring and summer. So let's do what you got to do, okay? At which point he would. That might might be the way it would go. Um, I'll tell you what. I mentioned that there was, there was focus on some of these things about what the House was up to. Uh, Peter Ducey was on with the Fox and Friends team this very morning. House Republicans are hoping the special counsel, Robert Hur did some of the legwork for them for an impeachment inquiry. They are now demanding from the Justice Department the unredacted notes that agents took during their interview with President Biden. In- unredacted, full disclosure. Boy, no, A, will that happen? And B, even if it does, will we ever see them? October, and they're writing in a letter to the Attorney General the following Biden may have retained sensitive documents related to specific countries involving his family's foreign business dealings. Today, Congress is going to hear from. Tony Bobolinsky, a former Hunter Biden associate who wants to know, quote, why is Joe Biden blatantly lying to the American people and the world by claiming that he did not meet with me face to face? He should call his son Hunter and brother Jim as they can remind him of the facts. All of this is happening as White House officials try to convince the American public that despite an official report laying out significant lapses in the president's memory, he's okay. 
When can we talk to the president's doctor, and how come he hasn't been, or they haven't been asked to come out here and talk with us, given the, the her report? That and that's and that's not Peter Ducey asking that question. That's not Fox News. That's some rando guy from the left-leaning, uh, protective uh, White House press corps. And I, again, the key word is almost here, but I almost feel sorry for Corinne Jean-Pierre. I have said the pres- the the medical doctor, the the president's doctor is going to do a physical. He's going to, and he has always put forth in the last two years a. Um, we're not interested in a physical. We're <laughs> we're interested in a mental. If we can turn that into a noun. Detailed, uh, detailed memo on the president's uh, on the president's uh, uh, yeah. obviously uh, 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 medical uh, physical, and so I'm just going to leave it there. Yikes. President Biden made a joke about this yesterday. He was talking at a conference in D.C. and he said, I've been around a long time. Quote, I do remember that. And people in the room laughed, a friendly crowd. But it's going to be a heavy lift to convince the 86 percent of people polled recently who have concerns about his abilities that that joke is funny. I uh, I, I don't know if I can get 86 percent of people to, 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 to agree that two plus two make four. So. All righty. Let's see here. Is there anything I've mentioned that I haven't quite gotten to? There is uh, the the police chase thing. OK, you have uh, a, a an, an interesting category of uh, of folks who are or an interesting category of um, local police departments who are trying to do the right thing. Obviously, they want to be able to chase the bad guys. They want to be able to do these things. And uh, and as they go about their business of attempting to chase bad guys, what you end up with sometimes is you know really bad wrecks that happen. And when that occurs, uh, it makes people think, what should the uh, what what should the, the policy be for for when you for when you, you fire up the lights and the sirens and chase bad guys at 100 120 miles an hour? Fort Worth, uh, notably, somewhat famously now locally, has said we we really we d- kind of don't want to telegraph that to everybody, which I can kind of understand, but also means that when reporters ask what the policy is, the answers have not been forthcoming. All right, Brian New at Channel 11 uh, has been, you know, rattling that cage and has gotten maybe a partial answer. The Fort Worth police chief told me today in an email that his department has been working with the city attorney to find a balance between transparency and not giving criminals tactical information that they could use to get away from police. But today's partial release leaves many basic questions unanswered, including when officers are allowed to chase. Chase after chase. Over the years, the question of what the Fort Worth Police Pursuit Policy is went unanswered. It's the question the family of 57-year-old Andre Craig has been asking ever since Craig, an innocent bystander, was killed in July by a Fort Worth police chase. We still would like to know what um, Fort Worth PD's policy is around high um, speed pursuits. Well, here we are. I My heart goes out to, to this lady. I mean, of course, right? By the same token, what what will this answer yield? Any police department that says, here are the offenses where we will chase you, and here are the offenses where we will not chase you, those offenses could see an uptick because then every person committing those offenses would know that the cops are not going to chase you. <sighs> 
What's the policy? After denying for months the CBS News Texas I-Team's request for a copy of its chase policy, on Monday, the Fort Worth Police Department released what it called significant portions of the policy, including pursuit procedures, pursuit operations, and when chases should be terminated. In a statement, the police chief said, quote, I stand by the decision to not inform criminals of our strategy. And that is Neil Noakes, Fort Worth police chief, and I'm kind of on his side here. That said, I wholeheartedly believe in being transparent to our community, who will now be more educated and aware of our policy and how it applies in various situations. But the policy released Monday also includes eight sections marked as restricted. These omitted sections leave questions unanswered, including under what circumstances are Fort Worth officers allowed to chase? When someone innocent is killed, especially um, in a way that could have been prevented. Um, prevented by doing what? By not giving chase? I mean, I, I, I get, oh, it's just you got to put yourself in her shoes. I totally get that. But individual cases, individual moments, individual tragedies, they can't always be the determining locomotive guiding every policy. Are we supposed to let every bad guy go? I mean, or, or su- sufficiently bring down the bar of when we chase people because of horrible moments like like that? I mean, listen, I know if if I were this lady, I'd be saying yes. That's exactly what you do. But ugh. what is the accountability? So last fall, the Texas Attorney General's office ruled that the city must release its policy after the city denied our open records request. The city then sued the Texas Attorney General. <laughs> whoa, whoa, I need to talk to Ken Paxson about that. Uh, all righty. Well, there's, there's a lot to talk to Ken Paxson about lately, isn't there? There's a lot to talk to each other about, isn't there? There sure is, and what a day we've had of it. Now, i got one more thing to talk about with you when we uh, wrap things up next. Pretty good 50-year-old album, Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Carpet Crawlers from Genesis. Peter Gabriel out front. Gotta get in to get out. Right, time for us to get out. For producer Ron Decay, Marlon on the X at producer Ron Decay, R-O-N-D-A, capital K. Thank you to Jimmy Kersey in for Matt today. Hitting the knobs and doing everything beautifully. And thank you, Nikki Whaley, for news excellence. Let me thank you all again for another great day yesterday in our Food for the Poor campaign across Latin America and the Caribbean. And a one-time gift of 80 bucks. Feeds two kids for a year. We're doing just gangbusters. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Go to 660AMTheAnswer.com. Give us another great day, please. Thank you so much. Click that Give Life Food for the Poor button and then give us what you can. We are so grateful. Mark Davis, 660AMTheAnswer. Have a fantastic day. See you in the morning. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.